Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very last episode of season one of Hopefully Sustainable. Before I get into the rest of the episode, I just wanted to give two quick notes. First, if you have an Instagram and you weren't aware, we do have an Instagram page for the podcast. So you can search at Hopefully Sustainable Pod. And I post a lot of content related to all of the guests and the various topics that we touch on throughout all of the episodes. So I would love for you to check us out on Instagram, give us a follow, and hopefully you can learn so much more about the guests and the content that we discuss on all of the shows. Second, if you are listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and you want to support Hopefully Sustainable, please either leave a rating or a review. This helps the podcast so much and it's really easy to leave a rating. You can just give it one through five stars and you can also write up a review and talk about what you love about the podcast. I love reading through the reviews that people leave and they're very helpful. So this would be greatly appreciated. Now for today's episode, I know that it's the last episode of the season but I realized that I've never really actually introduced myself and told you about who I am. So my name is Jaco Salka and I'm the host of the Hopefully Sustainable podcast. I graduated from the University of Georgia in 2019 and I got my degree in environmental economics from the College of Agricultural and Environmental Sciences. And I also got a certificate in sustainability which is where I just absolutely fell in love with sustainability. And that's where I really figured out where I wanted to go after college was into the sustainability field. I met some of my best friends through this program and it just really gave me a lot of hope and it really helped me realize what I was passionate about. So after I graduated from UGA in May of 2019, It took me about seven months to land my first job, but I am now serving as a sustainability analyst at an engineering consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. But going back to my time when I was looking for jobs, I really needed a creative outlet and my parents were recommending that I find something to do other than look for jobs because for anyone out there who has gone through the job search or is going through the job search, It can be a very long and mentally taxing process. So I started listening to a lot of podcasts and I personally couldn't find a lot of sustainability podcasts or the ones that I would find would focus on a lot of the scientific aspects of the sustainability field or would kind of leave me feeling really down about the state of the world. So I got this idea that why not start my own podcast? I was so passionate about sustainability. I had met a lot of people throughout my college career. So I decided I'm just gonna start my own podcast about sustainability. So for the next couple of months, as I continued to look for jobs, I learned all that there was to podcasting. I watched countless YouTube videos, read many, many articles, and finally I just bought the equipment and decided to get started. So I recorded six episodes before I announced my podcast, and now, 26 episodes later, 
I would have really never imagined where I am today. I knew that I had the goals of educating people about sustainability in what was an approachable way. I feel like a lot of people get turned off from the sustainability movement because it can be very intimidating. So that was my first goal, was to make the sustainability movement feel like something that everyone could be a part of. And as we all know, this year has been a very dark time with the pandemic and everything else that we've gone through this year. So I wanted the podcast to just provide a little hope and a little light during these dark times. Through this podcast, I have met so many incredible people. I've gotten to interview a family member. I've gotten to interview friends and learn so much more about all the amazing work that they're doing. And the most incredible part was that I got to interview so many strangers who became friends after interviewing them. So I want to give just a few amazing statistics that I was so excited about. In season one, I had 26 episodes where I got to interview 33 people who are working in the sustainability field, and these people were just so inspiring, and I was honored that I got to interview all 33 of them. We had guests from all over the U.S. We had a guest from India and Denmark, and the most mind-blowing statistic to me was that Throughout the season, we had listeners from 45 different countries. So to everyone out there, no matter where you are, thank you so much for joining along with the Hopefully Sustainable podcast. What I've learned from this season is just so many amazing people are out there working to make the world a better place. I learned about single-use plastics and how the United States and the world in general really has to move forward on this issue. A shocking statistic to me that I learned was that we consume a credit card's worth of plastic every week. So if that statistic doesn't put the issue into perspective, I don't know what will. We really need to put the pressure on corporations to really find better materials and move away from single-use plastics. I learned that 40 million garment workers exist around the world, and 85% of these garment workers are women. So when we go to the store and we buy clothes, pretty much a woman from somewhere else around the world has made that item. And a lot of times they are working in very dangerous, unfair working conditions. So The sustainable fashion movement is a feminist issue, so if you consider yourself a feminist, then sustainable fashion is a great place to start because we really need to advocate for fair and safe working conditions for all garment workers because when we go to the store and we buy our clothes, I think a lot of the time we're not really thinking about who made that item, but someone around the world made that item And if you are buying a shirt for $2, think of what kind of conditions that person was working in for it to be that cheap. One of my favorite episodes where I really learned a lot was about recycling. And recycling is really amazing because there's so many different rules around recycling based on where you live. For example, the rules around what can be recycled in my city are different than the city next to me and different than the city that my parents live in. 
So that's one really great way that you can become more sustainable is find out what the recycling rules in your area are. That way you make sure that you're recycling the correct things and make sure that you are washing your recyclables. And another really interesting thing that we talked about was this concept of wish cycling. So make sure that you are recycling what can be recycled and not just hoping that it will be recycled. I also learned about food waste. Did you know that the U.S. throws away 40% of our food supply? But through learning about composting and what the perfect combination of browns and greens are, we can turn that food waste into beautiful, nutritious soil. We had a guest who came on and talked about the innovative solution of removing algae from bodies of water to create a plastic alternative for footwear products. And recently, I saw that the actor Jason Momoa is wearing these shoes, as if they weren't already cool enough. I also was able to interview someone who has taken his love of fishing and turned that into a way to help low-income kids in his area. This fishing has such a deeper meaning than just the sport for him, and it really showed me how one person can change the the trajectory of a child's life. I was empowered to realize how art can communicate these amazing ideas around sustainability. And as we move into the future, I learned that we really need to look at the intersection of healthcare and sustainability because as we move forward, they're just going to become more and more intertwined. Another really empowering thing that I learned from this podcast is we all need to give ourselves a break and we just don't need to put as much pressure that we are putting on ourselves. There is this concept of eco-guilt that we talked about on the podcast. So, for example, if you forget to bring your reusable bag to the grocery store, you may experience eco-guilt. And while we really do need to make a conscious effort to do the best that we can, it's okay if you are not perfect. It's all about progress, not perfection. That's what I like to say on the podcast, and I think that's a really important phrase to remember when becoming part of the sustainability movement. No one's perfect, and that's okay. I also learned about the prevalence of environmental racism and how we cannot have sustainability without including and highlighting voices and people of color. Because when I learned about sustainability, there was no sustainability without including everybody. When we talk about sustainability, creating a sustainable world is creating a sustainable world for all people. And more than anything, what I learned is that we're all in this together. So at the end of each episode, I asked every single guest what they were hopeful about. That was one thing that I really wanted to focus on, like I mentioned earlier, was bringing hope during this dark time. So for the rest of the episode, you are going to hear a compilation of what every single guest was hopeful about. When I went back and listened to what everyone said, I was just so overwhelmed with how much hope and joy that all of these guests had. So before I get into what everyone was hopeful about, I just wanted to say what I'm hopeful about. 
This year, I am hopeful about the future administration. Without all of us individuals going out and voting and making our voices heard, we would not be having the future administration that we voted into office. And we talk a lot about individual actions adding up to make a big difference. But in the end, we need the government to support us. So I'm really excited to see all of the progressive changes that are going to be happen happening over the next four years. Secondly, I am so hopeful about all of the people that are out there working to make a difference. When I interviewed every single person, I was just so amazed by how hard all of these people are working to make the world a more sustainable place. Finally, I am hopeful that other people are hopeful. By asking every single person what they were hopeful about, it just really filled me with hope knowing that even though climate change and sustainability can be an overwhelming and sometimes dreary topic, that every single person was still hopeful about something. So that gave me a lot of hope. As we go into the rest of the year, I just want everyone to enjoy the last few weeks that we have of 2020. I know that it's been a wild and unexpected and painful year for a lot of people, but in the end, we can all have hope, and I think that is really important to remember. So enjoy the rest of the episode, and I hope that you are filled with as much hope and joy as I was after listening back to everyone's answers. So enjoy the show. If everybody does make a change, it really is the like it really can be hopeful. We really can make a difference. Sometimes we're like, oh, if I do something, it doesn't matter. But really, if we all do something, it does matter and it does add up and it does make a difference. So I guess that's what brings me hope. I'm hopeful that youth are gonna be able to turn the world around and open everyone's eyes uh, and kind of see the world through a child's eyes again. I think I'm hopeful about the changes that will come in the fashion industry as a result of the coronavirus situation. As horrible as it is, I think it's giving a lot of us time to really think about what we want regular life to look like once we go back. Um, So I think that I'm really hopeful that we'll come out of this with a better understanding and appreciation for all of the people and the garment workers throughout the fashion supply chain. And hopefully moving forward, they will be more center um, to decision-making at the brand level. Yes, I'm hopeful that out of all of this, that people, I used to say this all the time and think it was so quirky, but um, that people will become more materialistic after this experience. So a lot of the time, that just has such a bad stigma around it that people are, oh, like you're so materialistic. But I mean, even down to the bare necessities, people are truly appreciating what they have and they're finding new purposes for it and new ways to do things. And at the end of the day, people will really start to grasp that there are limited materials that we have access to. You know, everything isn't just growth. You know, there are limitations to the environment. There are limitations to our mental health. And I think that through all this, people will just be more 
conscious about literally everything they're putting themselves around and they will want to also make sure that the favor is returned to other people that they're being treated fairly as well. Lots of things actually. Um, the, the big one for me that I really love about my job is when I go into the schools and the students know the answers before I even start talking, that's, that's encouraging. Um, so they know about the charm facility. They know about styrofoam. Um, they know that their lunch sometimes comes on styrofoam and some of them are not happy about, are, are not happy about it. Um, so yeah, it, I think we, we have an empowered generation already in the K through 12 schools. Um, I think our generation of recent graduates and college students are pushing for this. Um, and I, I think it's, it's just a matter of time before it's the norm for everybody to recycle and compost. Um, we're going to see a lot more materials made out of compostable materials and, and easily recyclable materials. Being with a first-time homebuyer at the closer, closing of her home is really inspiring and hopeful. Seeing the diversity of vendors at, and shoppers at the West Broad Market. Um, seeing a young girl taste a cucumber for the first time and wanting to take one home to share with her family. Listening to a young conservation steward tell me about the results of the water quality testing he did on a stream in the neighborhood. Walking on protected land and knowing that 18,000 more acres are permanently protected. All the improvements in renewable energy in the building industry. It's so exciting that we now have net zero buildings and living buildings that produce more energy than they use. And seeing how far Athens Land Trust has come in the past 25 years, its impact on the region, how many people have embraced this vision and care about social justice in the earth. And I'm encouraged by other people of privilege who like me are becoming more aware of the inequities in our country and trying to do something about it. I feel if I don't try to do something to improve the situation, I'm letting it continue and I'm still part of the problem. And I'm encouraged that our local government is trying to be more equitable and inclusive and listening to the people who have traditionally not had a voice. And I, I think that more people are aware that poverty and inequity and systemic racism are huge issues that need to be addressed and that this is part of sustainability, as you said. And I really appreciate the indigenous people who had such an intimate relationship with the land they lived on. They valued and cared for the earth as their home rather than seeing it as existing to benefit them. And the land I live on was cherished by the Muscogee people and they called it the beloved land. And I really like the quote by Chief Seattle, the earth does not belong to us, we belong to the earth. So we are just guests on the earth. We're only here for a short time. And an acre of land is a particular piece of the earth with soil, trees, and water. And I want to learn from the earth and let it be as close to its natural state as possible. And I want to cherish this place that gives me life. What gives me hope is when I see the people out there every day that are doing something for their city, even when they have nothing, you know, I, I think that those people that continue to get up every day and continue to give and give and give. And I think 
we assume that we we have to have a, a deep pockets or a fat bank account in order to to make a difference and it's not true i mean it's simply it's simply not true and and i am inspired by people every day that um whether it's whether it's talking to someone um looking someone in the eye and saying hello when you pass someone on the street that's going to make a huge impact um <laughs> that that most people don't realize is 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 not being not having your head in your phone but look up and say hi to someone that passes you um you're going to make an impact in someone's life and there's there's plenty of things that we can do that that don't require any money I have been so thoroughly impressed by what's happening because of COVID-19. Obviously, human health is a very important aspect of sustainability, but seeing how the earth is adapting around humans not being as involved in the outside world is super exciting. I've loved seeing those videos of the air quality improving over time in you know, China and India and Los Angeles, seeing the waters clear up in Venice. Um, I think it just shows you how resilient Mother Nature is, uh, and that absolutely gives me hope because we haven't we haven't ruined it. We still have time. Um, we can, you know, start making change today. Mm, the younger generation. Um, I'm especially in the last six weeks seeing uh, kids across the country and across the world get together and protest and um, really take online activism from from millennial slacktivism to, to something tangible and meaningful. Um, that has definitely given me hope. I'm glad to see how conscious and aware and compassionate the younger generation is, especially um, having dealt so much with older generations that uh, primarily seem to be lacking a lot of those values, unfortunately. So that that gives me hope that the future will be different, um, hopefully soon. Hmm. Um, what gives me hope is just interacting with so many passionate and compassionate people um, like yourself, like Hannah, like all of the people in my support network and in my online communities. That gives me so much hope because we're able to um, talk about real things and go through, you know, challenges together and work through things that, you know, might be difficult. And uh, what gives me hope is just seeing how so many people are showing up in our world right now, how so many people are um, sharing their truth and, and being vulnerable and, and open. And all of that shows me that there's a whole world or there's a whole side of people that we've been neglecting for so long. And that's the, that's the creative and passionate side. The, the vulnerable and kind side of us, all of those things have kind of been suppressed for so long. And now we're really seeing that come to light. And I, I love it so much and it gives me hope and it inspires me to continue to show up in the way that I wish the, the whole world will show up one day. And so um, I continue pushing on just through that inspiration and knowing that in sharing my truth and in doing work that fulfills me, um, I'm inspiring someone else to do the same. First, I think a lot of things are giving me hope right now. Um, more along the lines of food waste. I think, you know, this is forcing people to get real, like we talked about earlier, and that's reflected in legislation. So um, the law that was recently passed in Vermont that bans food waste um, going into a landfill, I think that gives me a lot of hope. And then 
second, and more importantly, uh, the fact that people are having conversations like these, I think that's what gives me the most hope. So I think for me, um, my, so at South Face, I was in a fellowship position and I've transitioned to like working for them as a contractor while I'm out here in Colorado. And I think for me, it's been really cool to see the different possibilities in the field of sustainability and how you can pursue a job in it. Like even if your background isn't focused on it, because like I know a lot of people who at tech, maybe who did environmental engineering. And so it's easier for them to go into sustainability. And for me, like it was different, but there's still a lot of opportunities and I get to work with like really cool people who are doing projects like related to um, resource efficiency and um, giving grants to nonprofits to help them like conserve water and stuff. So it's been cool for me to use my major of marketing and design um, in like with a company with really like mission-based work um, and helping the environment. Right now, I think what brings me hope is working around and I see, I see my friends, I see my family, I <laughs> see my two little nieces who, oh my goodness, one is in a princess dress, but she has her hiking boots on, on the bottom. And it's the best thing because she, you have to drag her in from being outside. And for me, I love that. I, it's, it's just sweet how to see how the outdoors brings communities together and brings such joy and hope just by taking a moment to just take a deep breath around you. And um, for me, I think that's what really brings me hope is that as it harbors such community. And I think that's what we really need right now, no matter what that might look like. If it's virtually, if it's distance picnics, if it's phone calls, if it's anything, but I think that's what brings me hope is community. <laughs> One way that I've been hopeful throughout the past few weeks um, is that with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I've seen a lot of like positive intersectionality and awareness for environmental injustice and bringing up environmental issues and how they relate to the Black Lives Matter movement. I know this is not an episode about Black Lives Matter, but that's just kind of the first thing that comes to mind of like things that I've seen and been hopeful about is more awareness for environmental justice, um, environmental like racism and stuff like that. And people bringing awareness to those issues, talking about um, how we can be like, I'm not vegan, but um, a lot of people in the black community don't feel like environmental issues uh, or the people who are at the forefront and speaking about environmental issues understand where they're coming from. And I think we're, we are starting to see that shift and like understanding where black indigenous people of color issues and environmental issues intersect and why it's important to have those people, those voices in, those in the other movements and that the intersectionality of that. Um, so I guess that's kind of how I've been remaining hopeful in these past, in this past month, particularly. Not having the control or losing the illusion of control over a lot of things has allowed me to see more clearly what I do have control over and just allowed me to see more clearly what's 
always there, which is the aliveness and just like beingness of who I am and how I'm connected to nature and to other people. So that has kind of risen to the surface as the things that I can't control have, um, I've released, tried to release the things that I can't control. So I think it's an opportunity for other people to maybe do the same. Right now, I'm hopeful about the power of community. Um, I've always believed that community should be at the center of sustainability because at the end of the day, um, it's your community that uplifts you and it's um, it's your community that makes decisions, uh, you know, based <laughs> like for the laws in your area. And it's the community that's going to really um, choose the direction that change is happening in. And I, I'm very hopeful about the community that I've experienced, not only in Athens, but even in my hometown. Um, the amount of questions I get of just my neighbors who notice I'm interested in sustainability and ask like, what can we do? Like, how can we help? Like, how can we be better? And I think it's those questions from the community that keep me going and, uh, you know, help me remember that inherently people are good and they want to do good by the planet. Um, and that keeps me going. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hopeful about consumer interest in sustainability and and not just sustainable gimmicks, but actual sustainable information. You know, we're seeing a lot of people wanting to have actual data behind what is making their product sustainable. I think seeing so many young people come together and not know each other and never have met in person and be working together. It's just given me such a sense of purpose and meaning and reminded me that there's always a community somewhere and a community can be built from anything. And this one was built because all of us care about putting more hand, putting more food in the hands of the hungry and really helping farmers and truckers. And I think it's a community that extends, like I said, far beyond our team and that sense of community, which has driven everything that we've done really, really gives me a sense of hope that we're onto something and that the world is just looking for that same sense. I always say it's like this feeling like you're being hugged and that for me has been FarmLink the entire time and is something that I want everyone to be a part of as well. Oh, I am hopeful about humanity coming through in the clutch for sure. I am hopeful about all of the people that I stand side by side with and I say hello to every day. People are waking up and that makes me hopeful. You know, um, we're, we're made for this, you know, and I believe in a great and beautiful future. I really do. I'm hopeful in humanity. I, all of this stuff, you know, we, Americans are driven by fear. They shove fear down our throats all day long. And I'm not going to start fearing my neighbor. And I'm not going to start fearing my communities or my politicians or anybody else. You know, when I am pushed, I'm going to choose the higher road. And I am hopeful that the majority of everyone else will too. I think that, you know, we have to have hope. It's, you know, it's, it's such a motivating thing. And for me, I, you know, I have my son who I mentioned is almost five and, you know, I, 
see him get excited about something in nature. And like, that makes me really hopeful. Um, you know, so many youth right now are getting involved more so than I remember when I was that age. And that's really inspiring to me. Um, it makes me feel bad that, you know, they feel like they have to, but it's really encouraging. And, you know, it, I know that those of us in the sustainability realm would love to see things happen so much faster, but things are changing. We are seeing a lot of big corporations and companies like start to realize that, you know, perhaps we need to make some changes and, and that's really inspiring as well. I'd say what I was most hopeful about right now is that so many people are willing to change small habits. And I don't think we talk enough about this, but there are just so many things that you do every single day that can make a huge difference if you change them. Ah, that's such a good question. You know, I was talking to my husband the other day and we were looking back at 2020 and we're like, oh man, this really hasn't panned out how we thought it was going to go. But I will say this, there is some light into what we've gone through this year. And I am hopeful that like my husband and myself, folks have taken the time to step back and see what this introspective time has meant to you. Hopeful that folks will step back and see that we are really better together as, as, as individuals, as a nation, as a country, as a community, as communities, whatever it is you want to define it as, we're better together. And when we work in tandem, those things do happen and the impacts are greater. Um, the divisiveness is not necessary. It's better for us to work towards this joint goal of sustainability than these individual efforts. We'll never get there if we're not doing it together. Well, the, the number one thing is, is that I hope, I mean, I got a lot of hopes. I hope that I can continue to be the catalyst for good um, because I live my life in a way that um, I try to be a role model and I try to be an example. I try to be an example for my family. I try to be an example for my friends. I try to be an example for anyone that, that's looking or watching me. And uh, so I, I hope that, that I can continue to do that. I hope that, um, that our country continues to um, do great things because during this whole time, I mean, I have seen Americans do some things that that I've never seen in my life. Like just as far as reaching out and as far as um, just, just doing it with their heart and they're genuine. And that to me is amazing. Um, just a generosity and it's, it's, it's just amazing. So I, I, I hope that I can continue doing what I'm doing and then someone maybe, or a lot of people can, can, can copy what I'm doing. You know, maybe you can find something that you're interested in. Maybe you like uh, to roller skate. Maybe you like to ski, you know, maybe you love music. Uh, maybe you love literature or, or you're something that's riding a bike. I don't know, but take that, take that energy and grab a kid or two. And like I said, that will change the trajectory of, of a kid's life. I mean, that, that five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute slot that you give them, will change the trajectory of them and it make them smile and it, it, it changed the, the chemicals literally scientifically change the chemicals in their brain, you know, make them feel good. Let those endorphins go. So we, uh, 
that's what I hope can, that will be sustainable. That is where uh, my hope comes from is these day-to-day interactions that we have with the kids, with organizations, with people, uh, and, and the changes that happen. Sustainability is no more a back-burning item in companies' agendas. It has become come to the forefront. And you can see in recent examples like big companies like Google and Apple and Microsoft, big tech companies are actually having goals to become carbon neutral by in 10 years, 5 years, 15 years. They have a full-fledged plan which they are executing against because they see that without that, even they can't survive long term. Right? If somebody is looking for a really long term horizon, then there is no other way other than trying to be sustainable, whether it's a family, it's an organization, it's a big multi, uh, multi uh, continent company like uh, these big giants. So that's a very hopeful sign uh, unless big players are really stepping up and that should make it much more easier for everyday citizen to step up. So i like to talk about my project. So when I was presenting to my school and to the county, I got very little resistance. There was, I mean, one or two issues about hygiene, but there was no resistance in terms of, you know, do we need to care about the plastic waste? Everyone who I spoke to, they were all like, yeah, we understand this is a problem. Plastic waste is a problem. And we will do whatever we can to help you reduce waste. And I thought that like, because I was prepared to have all these arguments about like, no, this is important. This is this thing. And I didn't need to do any of that. And that makes me really hopeful that, you know, there are people who, you know, have authority and are in that position to make help make changes and they're willing to do it. And that gives me a lot of hope. Right. Yeah. Like definitely when you see people, especially for me, when I see AOC speaking about like, the Green New Deal and all these other things, it gives me hope that there are people who are in power and they are implementing these changes and actually speaking about it. And so we can actually make a difference and we can actually fix things and get somewhere with this. I am hopeful for the future. I'm hopeful for people being able to pursue the things that they're passionate about. Like for me, I'm passionate about making art and the conversations that having the conversations that it sparks and that come out of it. Um, I'm passionate about running. I mentioned that before, you know, it's, it's all related. And I have been thinking a lot lately about that. And I think that we have to, like we each, the path forward is that we each pursue the thing that makes us glow inside and gives us that light feeling and and also gives us a sense of purpose and hopefully that sense of purpose can be rooted somehow in the greater good and I know that for a lot of people they don't necessarily think in those terms and I have to respect that Uh, but I hope that at least they're doing good for their community whatever however they define that and so it's not about people who it's not about people like agreeing or disagreeing with me I like to think that I can have some kind of conversation with everybody and that we can all connect in some way because we have to connect to that that greater consciousness or good or whatever it is that you want to call it in the world so I, I believe that that is possible and I believe that when people do that they manifest really awesome things in the world I am being taught so much about 
inequity at this time. And it's a thing that certainly my generation at your age knew, but by no means did we fully understand. And there's so much being broken down right now. And, um, and in some ways, the other sides are making fun of those things too. It's a very strange time, but I have, I'm so excited about the new ideas coming out of this generation. And I don't have a doubt that the leadership is going to be extraordinary in 30 years. And I'm very excited about those elections. So for me, I think uh, I'm hopeful for uh, the younger generations that are in school or just getting out of school, the Gen Z. I think they are far more uh, active, um, whether it be protesting uh, online or in person about politics or the environment. Uh, They're a very go-getter generation. And it's kind of like what I said before. I think there's a big uh, stipulation around uh, people that have a lot of inaction because they have the perspective, like, what can one person do? And in my opinion, uh, one person can do a whole lot um, if they just do, you know, whatever they can, you know, whatever suits them, it's more than doing nothing. And I think Gen Z as a generation is uh, very independent and they, they do more. So I'm hopeful for them to uh, speak up for what's important to them and uh, make some changes uh, for our country and the planet. I'm hopeful for a future that empowers women. I am genuinely really, really hopeful for the fact that people are going to come around to the fact that buying less would actually mean more. And and just in general, being hopeful for a beautiful life for everyone, you know, and, and not everyone meaning just, just us lot. It means through all social and all economical platforms. It should not only be restricted to the rich. It should not only be restricted to the poor. It should be an, you know, how can I even say it? Yeah, it should be an equal platform for everyone to enjoy the simple luxuries of life. And if we're, if we're on track with all of that, there is a assured, hopeful, 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 fantastic future ahead in front of us. And if all of us start thinking like that, we're not very far. I think, I'll be, I think we'll get there very quickly. Well, I think just to, end, to start off answering that question, I think we talked about optimism and how it came up a lot of different times in this, in this conversation alone. Um, and I think I'm, I'm really hopeful just by seeing the amount of, you know, amazing leaders, you know, doctors, professors, um, nurses, pharmacists, every, you know, people in all parts of healthcare are really working to tackle this issue really on a really system-wide level. People are working to, you know, create guidance and education, not only for fellow professionals, but also for their patients. And, you know, it all stems from how can we take care of people better? And I think that's a beautiful thing um, to stem for all of this to stem from, you know, how can we take care of each other in a better way? Um, and so that's a really good source of optis- optimism for me. And that's what I use to kind of drive me into in keep working in sustainability and healthcare. So I am very hopeful um, that next year when the new administration gets in office, that we will rejoin the Paris Agreement and that um, a lot of renewable energy um, 
kind of advances will really start getting rolling in the next four years. Um, I'm also very hopeful that I think that there are a lot of young people out there who are interested in sustainability and interested in working towards more green energy. And um, I hope that I hope that as a country, we are realizing that um, the need to address our climate issues are definitely coming to a fruition finally. Thank you so much again for listening to this episode and for tuning in to all of the episodes from season one of Hopefully Sustainable. I am so excited about all of the ideas and all of the future guests that I'm going to have. So stay tuned. We will be back for season two of Hopefully Sustainable in 2021. So until then, happy holidays to everyone. Please stay safe and healthy, and I will see you next year.